If you're looking to get one-on-one help with preparing for your next job search, get clarity on your career goals, or targeted help for salary negotiations, I would love to work with you. Just click the discovery call link in the episode description so we can get started and work together. I'm Merritt Fields and you're listening to the Career Gems Podcast. Today I had the wonderful time of talking to a guest who is from the same home state I am from, California, but she is by way of CPT, AKA Compton. We're talking about how you make true impact. Hello and welcome to the Career Gems Podcast. My name is Merritt Fields and I equip black and brown women with clear results-based actionable tools to empower their career decisions and teach them how to successfully advocate for themselves. If you're new to my podcast or need a reminder, let me give you a little background of myself. Throughout my career and life, advocacy has been the through line since I can remember. I've spent 15 years in HR and recruiting, and I've been on both sides of the coin, both preparing candidates with a really high success rate and being a recruiter or AKA the gatekeeper. I want to help you get unstuck and create action for your career. And on a real note, I created my business because as a black woman, I am just tired of seeing other black and brown women getting the short end of the stick and I wanted to do something about it. So each week I will have a mix of content. Sometimes there will be special guests dropping knowledge about all things career and sharing their stories. But one thing you can absolutely count on is that each week I will share a question I received and provide tailored recommendations for the best next step. So if you haven't already done so, make sure you subscribe and tune in weekly. And if you want the opportunity to be featured on an episode, ask me your questions. Check out the link in the description for how you can do so. In today's episode, I interviewed Halima Nash. She is a speaker, author, and social entrepreneur operating as founder of Rosecrans Ventures, a startup that provides coaching and career readiness to underrepresented Gen Z talent. Across portfolios, she has successfully sourced, coached, and placed Gen Z young people of color in C-suite internships in Chicago, Washington, D.C., and in L.A., with employment partners such as the Chicago Public School, Office of the CEO, AT&T, Facebook, J.P. Morgan Chase, Google, just to name a few. Sis is doing it out here, and let's get ready for this interview. Miss Halima Nash, I am so, so excited that you are joining me today on my podcast, Career Gems. This is such a treat. I don't think people are ready for what's to come right here. <laughs> Well, the honor is mine. Thank you for the invitation, for sure. I appreciate it. Love the work that you are doing. I feel like millennials and Gen Zers are just changing the game digitally with podcasts, with digital content. So it's awesome to be here. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. So how I love to start my interviews is I like to make sure people are warmed up and relaxed. So I do this thing called a lightning round. And my lightning round, I'm asking you 10 questions, really simple. And you just have to 
answer the first thing that comes to mind. So we're not editing. We're not trying to make sure we trying to, you know, edit for the gram. No, we just saying the first thing that comes to mind. So are you ready for me? I'm absolutely ready. Let's do this. All right. Rosecrans or the Shaw? Rosecrans. <laughs> the beach or the mountains? Beach. Favorite food? Tacos. Mm, especially from a taco truck, baby. If you could have any superpowers, what would it be and why? Teleporting. I would love to just like snap my fingers and be in Havana, Cuba or in South Africa somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay. Snoop or Dre? Snoop. All day. Favorite season? Summer. Oh, okay. Favorite flower? Peonies. Oh, your favorite vacation spot? Cabo. Favorite story of your students you've worked with? Favorite story with them? Favorite story of being able to place an undocumented student with a neurosurgeon at a hospital for Mm -hmm. a paid internship. Yes. (laughs) And last one, your favorite animal? Oh, I'm not an animal person. (laughs) It's really hard. I guess Cavapoo dogs, maybe? Okay. Perfect. Well, thank you. That's it. That's the end of the lightning round. I would love it if you can kick us off and just tell me a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and I would love it if you can talk about just your career before Rosecrans Venture, because I definitely want to go down there. But, you know, who you are, where you're from, and then, like, what your career path was. You know, the who I am, recently I always thought with I'm God's daughter, and I am a Comptonian. I'm from Compton, California, and grew up out here, South Bay area in Compton. I'm currently living in the Slauson area in Crenshaw District, which I equally love. And, you know, just grew up as, you know, a person that was like a dreamer and, you know, wanted to experience things, but also like so many young people that live in marginalized communities, it's very hard to see those dreams as something that could be a reality. And Howard University gave that to me. Howard University gifted me with this space when I got to Howard as a college student, where it was just like, you could dream anything and have anything. And I don't know that I believed that fully before that experience on Howard University's campus. And so, you know, my journey up to Rosecrans Ventures as a social entrepreneur now has just sort of been laced with all of these wonderful opportunities in career and in personal life to experience being a person that's in service to the younger Halima. And thinking about what kind of career would serve people that represent who I was and needed an example, needed a mentor, needed an opportunity, needed a door Mm -hmm. open. And so my career as a social entrepreneur, you know, evolved into that. I spent a number of years as an executive. I did sports philanthropy at the Chicago Bulls. I did workforce development and education for public housing residents at Chicago Housing Authority. I worked as an executive director for a few nonprofits, worked as a C-suite executive executive for a workforce development arm and then made the leap into entrepreneurship during the pandemic, actually in the fall after taking a sabbatical last year. And so now my life's work as a social entrepreneur is to, you know, really sort of push the agenda for career paths and for wealth generation through careers for marginalized talent. Yes. Come on, Halima. Yes. There's a couple of things that I want to dig even further with. I would say first, I love that you continue to use the language around social entrepreneur versus a regular entrepreneur. And for you, 
What do you feel like is the difference between, because I do definitely feel like, especially since COVID, everybody's an entrepreneur and it's funny, myself included, but right, like everybody's an entrepreneur, but I do think there is a clear distinction between the difference of a social entrepreneur and just like the entrepreneur. For you, what's the difference between that? Well, you know, entrepreneurship is about trying to find a problem and come up with a business idea or something that you can monetize that solves that problem, right? Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's product or service. And then social entrepreneur is thinking about a community problem, thinking about a problem where the solution creates social impact. And Mm -hmm. so social entrepreneurship is just, you know, always connected to humanity, right? You know, and the idea of making humanity better. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was just about to say, I was like, wait, I think I'm a social entrepreneur and I didn't even know it yet. But uh, yeah, for sure. Because the way that these numbers is looking for black women, baby, we need to do something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. In a real way. You talked about being an executive and you were talking about some of the, you know, the big companies that you worked for. I'm curious around a couple of things, but I'm definitely curious around What did it feel like for you just as a black woman to be in that particular space, especially in the space where it's male dominated and there's microaggressions, there's terrible assumptions, there's all of these things that you are quite literally fighting against. What did it feel like? And then two, like, what were the things that you felt like you could overcome in those spaces? Well, it certainly felt like being underrepresented in spaces, you know, so much of it is like a confidence killer mm-hmm. <laughs> because you're operating being fundamentally different than everyone else. And then you likely move different. You have to process things like microaggressions, like imposter syndrome, yeah. like pay inequity, mm-hmm. opportunity inequity, all of those things. And so there's this mountain that you have to climb before you can even do your job. And so the experience of that, and I mean, I feel very blessed because like I have had career experiences where it was like I was on diverse teams and those things weren't a problem. Mm. I certainly have also experienced being on homogenous teams where it wasn't necessarily a problem. And and I was working for organizations that were able to deliver on inclusive environments. But I've also worked in organizations where that was not the case. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had to, you know, sort of figure out how to stay confident and how to still believe that I could be myself, that I could fully be myself. And that self is the reason why I secure the opportunity. So it's the reason why I could thrive in that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so reminding yourself of that and like getting in your own bag and like commanding what you deserve is certainly a journey that I I resonated with as a Black woman in homogenous spaces. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about helping young people that are at the beginning of their career, starting at internships, understand that that's possible to do. Mm -hmm. It's possible to be in a diverse space and thrive. It's possible to be in a homogenous space and thrive. It's Mm -hmm. possible to be an entrepreneur and be on your own and thrive. It is possible to be in any space and be fully who you are and thrive. And it is something that has been my pain point, like just my life. And I decided to make my pain point my purpose path. What made you decide that you wanted to open your own business, Rosecrans Ventures, in the middle of a pandemic at that? Well, girl, you know, I (laughs) wish I could tell you that I was just this courageous soul. Not necessarily. I was working for an organization 
And it was just a trash experience. And my role had gotten eliminated, which was a tremendous blessing because I was, it was not a life-giving environment. Mm. And so when my role got eliminated, I had a decision to make. And I decided to take a sabbatical to give myself rest Mm -hmm. when so many of us in that it's like, you know, I got a mortgage, I got responsibilities, I'm completely independent, you know, I got to work. So instead of doing what was instinctual for me to do, which is, okay, your role is being eliminated, tighten up that cover letter, tighten up that resume, send it out to folks and look for your next job. Mm -hmm. I decided to take a sabbatical to give myself rest for Mm -hmm. an entire 50 days. Mm. And in that 50 days, decide what the next season of my life was going to look like. Is it another career? Is it the C-suite? Is it nonprofit? Is it for-profit, private sector, public sector? I'm asking myself all of these questions. And I decided that I wanted to write my own ticket. I decided I wanted to bet on myself. I decided that what I've been asking companies to do, which is bet on black and brown talent, I wanted to model that Mm -hmm. by betting on my own ideas. And I look back at my career during a period of time in that 50 days because, you know, I I didn't want to decide anything in the beginning. I spent probably just a week trying to figure out how to rest and actually resting. And then the end of the sabbatical is when I I really started to deepen what I wanted things to look like. And I said, you know, wow, I have built projects from the ground up Mm -hmm. for companies that have yielded millions of dollars. And opportunities for thousands of students. Mm -hmm. So I've been an entrepreneur. You know, I've just been building projects for other companies. Yes. I had to remind myself of like my career path is not just a bunch of bullet points on a resume. There are sort of trajectory changing opportunities that I've created just from my own innovation and my own brilliance. And so you know, the idea of building a company, which is hard and grueling, I will not romanticize it at all. Yeah. <laughs> like being an entrepreneur is hard. Yeah. So when I thought about what it would look like, I started dreaming again the way that I did when I was younger and was fighting to dream. You know, and I wanted to dream big and have this blank canvas. Like, what do I want? How do I want to model rest as a black female entrepreneur? Mm. How I want to build my company? What do I want my brand to look like? What do I want to be true about what I produce as an entrepreneur? And to have the freedom to do that without being subject to a lot of the restrictions that have existed in my career in building social impact programs felt really good. So I decided that this would be my full-time work and that I would commit to it the same way that if, look, if I would apply for a job, I would have been working this hard for another company anyway. Uh So doing it for myself and believing that, yes, I hear people say that it's an inspiration, which is good, but also just being able to look myself in the mirror and Mm -hmm. say, wow, Halima, like this is something you built. Yeah. And, you know, something that you're producing that you're believing and that feels really good. And you're super successful, Halima. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I appreciate the humility, but uh, <laughs> I mean, you're super successful at it as well. You're impacting lives as well. It's not just like, you know, I, I appreciate it, but come on, sis, you're doing it too. <laughs> Well, thank you for saying that. I feel, you know, I, I posted on my Instagram, you know, the other day for Rosecrans made like, you know, you're not failing, you're building. 
Yeah. Like I just keep saying like, whoo, you know, when I apply for those grants and they don't come through or or when I pitch an opportunity for a student and it doesn't come through and I get frustrated, I have to look at the bigger picture, you know, and just remind myself I'm building something. So there's going to be blips. There's going to be errors. There's going to yep. be wins. There's going to be losses and all of those together. It can still feel like you're a success at what you're doing. Because you are. Yes, Absolutely. I'm curious, you said taking a 50-day sabbatical. And when I heard that, I'm like, my mind is blown behind that. And specifically, I'm also wondering, like, did you feel guilty? Because I feel like as Black women, I feel like it's an inherent undertone that we are supposed to just work, like Rihanna, right? Work, 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 and just keep going, keep going, keep going. But it's not something that's ingrained in us to say like, no, sis, like sit down, have some balance, relax, just sit down. So in that time, what were your feelings? Like, especially in your initial feelings, because you said the first seven days, you were like, I don't even know how to rest. What am I supposed to do? Girl, that I felt a lot of feelings. I mean, First of all, the sabbatical was made possible through an organization called Sweet Rest that's committed to creating seasons of sabbatical and rest for Black women. And so when I was approached about, you know, receiving financial support to take a sabbatical, you know, I reflected a lot about how the idea of rest has been often sort of gelled and and merged with whiteness, right? You know, like we... Mm grind and we're proud of it. Yeah. Like we're up on Saturday mornings and we post the social media that we out here on the grind. Right. And I have been, I felt myself so inspired by Sweet Rest and campaigns like the Nap Ministry and a woman that was, it was called Black Girl Sabbatical that was posting, you know, what it looked like. And I wanted to do the same thing because I don't think that we embrace rest as a concept that is a part of our humanity. Correct. Like we act like we have to work to receive rest when mm-hmm. rest is like a gift that we should just have and we should lean into. Mm-hmm. And so a part of it was feeling guilty, but the bigger part was feeling afraid, afraid to rest. I come out of the sabbatical and these opportunities don't exist. I mean, I took this sabbatical during prime time for anyone that works in impact and higher ed, like at the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. And so I just kept saying to myself, you know what, you are worthy of rest. And not just because you work hard, but because you're a human, <laughs> Yes, <laughs> you know, like we deserve the honor of rest. And I think as women of color, we often don't embrace that concept. We grind and we are, you know, mothers to children that we're raising. We're wives to husbands. We're, you know, partners to, to partners. We are leading classrooms. We're leading companies. We're, you know, starting efforts. We are building policy. We are running for all office. We're, we're doing all of these things. And I think that we're tired. Yes. We're exhausted. We're stretched. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the idea of taking a sabbatical was also modeling this idea that we are worthy of the honor of rest and that out of rest can be born more innovation, more creativity, and so much more than what we can produce out of exhaustion. This is so good. It's just so good because it's the constant reminder. And I also feel like it's one of those things that you're just telling us something that we are telling ourselves, but I think you're just affirming it in a way that we just need to hear. So I'm glad that you were able to do that. What would you say is your greatest lesson in your career or as a social entrepreneur? 
what would you say if something is one of those like, ooh, man, because I want to take the negative stereotype and the negative stigma of failure out. And I feel like a lot of times, especially as women of color, like we think that you said it earlier, right? Like we think that these failures are bad things. And it's like, no, these are amazing lessons that we can learn. So for you, what would you say is one of those lessons? Oh, man. Biggest lesson is that my otherness is a gift. And it's a profound gift. When I say that I made my pain point, my purpose path, I've often felt other and it's been hard. I've felt other in my friendship circle where I have constantly been deficit based in how I mm-hmm. think about myself. Like they have these things and they have these experiences and I don't have these experiences. And so mm-hmm. I've often felt other being on teams where I am the only person that represents my gender or my mm-hmm. race or the city that I come from and feeling like I'm other, being the first in my family to go to college, feeling like I'm launching this business in a network of these power players that have a series of things that I don't know anything about, or being in spaces where I'm like the only person that has a passport, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then there's the other idea. About the, so like the otherness has always been like a thorn in my side and something that I've struggled with. And My biggest lesson is that is what makes me unique. I've been able to turn a career out of it. It is the reason why I've been able to thrive and flourish because I can be in spaces in cultural fluency. You know, I know how to operate in Compton. I know how to operate internationally. I know how to operate in boardrooms. I know how to operate in corners. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Corners. Like I that none of those spaces are intimidating to me. I find comfort in all of those spaces. But the spaces where I do find myself struggling is like fighting imposter syndrome. You know, when you are other, giving yourself the positive self-talk that yes, I am the only you know, Latina that's here, or I'm the only Black man that's in this space, or I'm the only, you know, dreamer in this space, or I'm the only person from a rural area. We can name and list off a million things that mm-hmm. are different about ourselves. When we begin to become strengths-based about how we think about that and not deficit-based, then we have a greater confidence. Then we enter into those spaces in our gifts, fully in our gifts, without this energy of like lack. And that was something that I had to learn throughout the course of my life. It's something that I'm, I learned in my adult life. Give that lesson to young people that are 17, 18, 21, 25. Like then I'm shortening the runway. That's so good. My last thing. And I mean, you just been dropping so many gems, pun intended. is if people want to follow you, if people want to know more about you, if people want to get involved in Rosecrans Ventures, what can they do and how do they find you? You can go to our website at rosecransventures.com. Follow us on social media. We are on all social platforms at Rosecrans Made. Follow us on social, doing some cool stuff in the summertime. Also have some new initiatives happening in the fall. Hit us on LinkedIn, on YouTube. We have some really exciting videos around career conversations. On Instagram, doing some cool giveaways, elevating the stories of black and brown talent, doing really great work. Twitter, elevating conversation as well. And yeah, support our work. We believe in it deeply. Thank you so much, Halima. Thank you so much for joining. This has been such a treat and I appreciate you. I appreciate you as well. Keep up the amazing work, Black girl. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Same to you. Trying to be like you.
<laughs> this concludes our episode today. And I hope this was inspirational for you. Remember, you really can combine your passions with your careers to ultimately make an incredible impact in the world. The world really is your oyster. You got to ask yourself, are you the reason why you're not putting it all together? Remember, you are magical. And girl, your ancestors live inside you. There's literally nothing you can't do. Thank you for listening and joining me today on Career Gems. Before we go, make sure you show some love for your favorite podcast by subscribing and leaving me a review. And also, if you want the opportunity to be featured in an episode, ask me your questions. Check out the link in the description to submit your question. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you.